I make their lives better. Am I here because you need someone or you need me? You just described every great success story. Forget it. I don't care. It's Say Anything. And welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Dave. Yeah! Oh, you son of a bitch. I wanted to yah. <laughs> we both can yah. Yeah! And I'm Michael. So this week, we are going to talk about Say Anything. But before we get too deep into it, Michael, what do we do? Now, are we talking about the movie Say Anything or the Max Bemis fronted band that made my favorite album, Israel Boy, Say Anything? The latter. Good. Uh, if you don't know all the words to Alive with the Glory of Love, you ain't my people, homie. So I'm glad we're talking about the band. No, we're talking about the movie. Say anything from the 80s. We watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes, and we're going to make up the middle. Yeah. If we could just copy and paste in that sentence that I said last week that was, you said a lot of things in the last 10 seconds that I have no idea what you're talking about. We could just put that right at the end of you talking about that other thing that I don't know anything about. Well, that's sad. You should be sad that you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway. Yes. Say Anything was a wonderful, wonderful movie released in 1989, starring John Cusack and Ione Skye, and also the dad from Frasier. I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Yep. That's where it was from. The dad with Frasier, but not as old. Say Anything was directed, uh, and the screenplay was written by Cameron Crowe, and it did get a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, so one of the higher-ranked movies that we have watched, to be honest. And this was his directorial debut, right? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I do my research. Yeah. I don't know what I'm even here for. Am I here because you need someone or you need me? That's what happened in the first 15 minutes of this movie. So the movie opens with Cusack as Lloyd Dobler, yabbering with his weird friends about wanting to date Diane Court, a brain. Lloyd Dobler, what a great name, huh? He sounds like a weatherman. (laughs) Yes, yes, he's going to cut over to the Dobler radar. Mm -hmm. So they talk, a bunch of 80s nonsense, and then we cut to Diane, practicing her valedictorian speech in the car while her father drives her to graduation. All the while, taste the pain... By an early, funkier Red Hot Chili Peppers plays. Mm. We learn we're in Seattle, and we also get shots of Lloyd's trek to graduation, and it shows how their lives are vastly different. She has familial support and a nice, luxurious drive, while Lloyd is lone wolf, taking a graduation selfie and having to jerry-rig his car's cassette player by shoving a matchbook under the tape. If my father has taught me anything in this life, it's how to come up with creative solutions like that instead of fixing things the real way. Um, I did want to highlight a few good ones that I've employed over the years. Right now, the side of my truck's rear body is hanging together with two metal coat hangers tied together. Yeah, that sounds about right. Seen it, know it. I once fixed an exhaust pipe leak on an old car by clamping a Campbell's soup can around it. And the back door of my parents' house right now is locked with a Jenga block. When you're poor, you got to use what you got, man. Man, all things that I could have used in my rap. Maybe next rap. Maybe next rap. Now, Lakewood High's colors 
are flat out exactly the same as my college, Fitchburg States, were. Green and gold regalia for my graduation as well. Some kid with a not so great voice sings Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All to kick off the ceremony. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Why? Why? It's, why did that happen? It's so ridiculous. The The more frightening part about it is everyone's super excited for, for him to do it. Now, in my high school, this kid would have either got booed off stage or laughed at so hard that he would have shriveled up into a non-existent <laughs> like puff of smoke. I don't this school is so supportive. They are. Of this dude that can't sing. But why this song too? Like it doesn't what does it have I, to do with graduation? I was so lost. Uh, then we get a boring ass lead-in speech to introduce Diane to the podium. Her speech bombs. Bad. Can you ex- can you explain the go back line to me? Like I mean, I, I guess I understand it on the surface, but like, what's the joke there? Doesn't seem like a joke at all. It's just like, real life sucks. Don't leave this place. Yeah, but it, I, I don't know. I feel like there's supposed to be something else there that I'm missing. I, I don't know. 80s was, stuff, man. Yeah. Was high school only three years in the 80s? So I noticed that too, but I am aware of some towns and or cities that have different ways that they break up middle school and high school. So, for example, my wife's middle school is only two years and sixth grade was part of her elementary school, if I remember correctly. So this must just be that their high school starts at 10th grade would be my guess. She was just smarter than everyone else. She was only there for three years. Yeah, but she makes it sound like everybody did. But yeah. okay, let's say they do break it to three years. Then are you not a freshman your first year? So you're just you're automatically a sophomore? Like, or or do they skip junior? Like, how, that's that's dumb. The second half of sophomore and the first half of junior is the part that they leave out. So you're only a sophomore for six months and a junior for six months. Okay, is that real, or did you just are you surmising? I am because it's very believable. Bullshitting. Okay. I'm very good at delivering it in a way that makes I, it sound believable. I very, I definitely believed you. I very believe you. Anyway, there are a plethora of 80s haircuts and some kid dressed as a Viking. That yep. totally would be you. Yep. Post-graduation, Lloyd photobombs Diane as she gets her first grad gift, a new, very 80s car. Mm-hmm. Looks like a Ford, like a, like a, the that shitty year of Ford Mustang. I tried... To pausing it on the exact shot, but there's a kid that walks. I couldn't figure out what the car was. I really wanted to, to deliver there, but so I couldn't. So it is a Ford. I know it's a Ford because later when she's driving around in the second 15 or the, the last 15 minutes we watched, um, I noticed it was a Ford. And I do know that there were a number of years in between cool Mustangs and current Mustangs where they were just the, the, the pits. <laughs> the pits. Perfect. Lloyd blasts some mother love bone as he makes a sandwich and knocks a pickle jar lid all over the house. Mm-hmm. He lives with his sister, and his little nephew is a dork with a mullet. Yeah! They fight about stuff. We then get another shot of contrast as we see Diander in her nice house with a damn jukebox, walls of books, and a second grad gift, a ring from either her dead or divorced mom. I... Assuming dead. I'm guessing divorced. Oh, okay. Why is that your guess? Because in the second 15 minutes that we watched, she says that she sat in court five years ago and picked him. 
that right. made me feel like they were divorced and she was in custody court and she chose to live with her father. I agree with that. That certainly did happen. But if she is alive and just divorced, why the hell is she not at graduation? I mean, great question. Maybe it was really nasty. Or maybe her dad killed her after because That's what he's I a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll never know. Foreshadowing. Diane thinks she's a priss, but it's cool. Everyone thinks I'm a priss too, Diane. Yeah, you are though. She isn't. You are. Also, I never in a million years are you a priss. That was the words out of her dad, and I don't know why those words stuck with me, but I I was surprised that a father would talk to his daughter in in that way. I was always very confused with their relationship. I don't know if you were the same way, but it felt very odd to me. Odd in what way? Like there's some molestation going on or? Almost a little bit. Yes. I didn't get any of that. Really? No, but I don't know how to read the signs. <laughs> That's true. I'm not like, a, not like a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Lloyd is practicing his kickboxing to Joe Satriani with his class shirt on as his nephew watches and bops along. It's actually pretty cute. I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Cusack is actually a level six black belt in real life. Johnny. He started his path with that while training for this movie. Really? So he must have liked it so much that he just continued on. You do so much more research than I do. Yeah, I'm good. Anyway, the kickboxing practice amped him up enough to get the gall to call Diane. Mm-hmm. But he gets Mr. Court instead and leaves a message. Damn. Her dad gets another call right after, and it must have been good because he rocks out to some Steely Dan on his way to Golden Seasons, which is either a nursing home or his nursing home. My guess is his nursing home, the way he just walks right through there and everyone knows who he is. And- yeah. Uh, he steals an old man's letter, and his secretary secretly hates him. Mm-hmm. She is miserable as soon as he walks away. He pulls his daughter aside, who works there, and informs her that the call had been about her winning the Reed Fellowship. Now, I did a little research to see if it was a real thing. Uh, of course you did. <laughs> now, there is a Reed College in Oregon. It's a pretty prestigious school, so uh, and it does appear to be science-based, which coincides with everything here. It coincides with her trajectory, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, it's geographically sound as well, being in Oregon and there in Seattle. Uh, so I vote real. Okay. But also, Reed's motto is, it's hard, but in the end, it's so worthwhile. Did nobody tell them their college motto is about a penis? It's it's just the sex sex stuff. But alas, that's where the first section cuts off. Thank you. We picked up uh, the second, second 15 at 1 hour, 20 minutes, and 18 seconds. And we open with Diane kind of just looking off into the middle distance for some time. After a few seconds, she starts rummaging through the house, seemingly through her dad's things, through some drawers in a bedroom, through the desk downstairs, doesn't find anything, and then decides she's going to use a letter opener to crack the lock of the box that he has sitting on a side table, the same box that he pulled the ring out of that he gave her in the first 15 minutes that we watched. She gets it popped open and finds a whole lot of money in there. Now, I've worked at multiple financial institutions. Based on the bills that we saw and the size of the box, my guess would be that that was about $120,000. That sounds about right. Yeah. So based on the fact that we only saw hundreds and fifties and it's pretty sizable space. So she goes to confront her father back at the old folks home. She basically 
asks him if he took the money and he adamantly says no. And then she says, you know, fooled you. I found the money. You asshole. And then basically he just says, well, I did all these terrible things for you. So you should have all the guilt for it. (laughs) What a great fatherly thing to do. Like I said, every conversation between them was just their relationship is odd. I feel like it's closer than it should be. And also he like touched her a few times and stuff. That's where I got molestation stuff going on. But moral of the story is he thinks she's just going to forgive him after like two minutes. And she's like, no, fuck you. And leaves. She goes to see Lloyd sparring at a gym. When she shows up, Lloyd turns to see her and gets just cold cocked right right in the fucking nose. By a foot. By a foot, yes. Which seems to get dislocated because someone is sitting over him snapping it back into place after the fact. Can you dislocate a nose or is it just broken and you're putting it back in place? I don't know science. True. Diane would know. Too bad. So she's in the gym basically telling Lloyd, I'm sorry. I'm the worst. I love you. I need you. They kiss blood running down Lloyd's face still. Gross. It's really weird. And I don't know. It's probably just me. But I wouldn't be able to kiss someone if I was that sweaty. Like I I don't like doing anything when I'm sweaty. Doing things when you're sweaty sucks. I pretty much built my life around that motto. I won't go anywhere or do anything unless I've showered. It's why camping sucks. Do you like camping, Dave? I do enjoy a good camping. Do you also like being sweaty, Dave? I mean, I'm almost primarily sweaty. That's the difference between you and I. Are you just not putting in the effort in the bedroom? Wait, what? How happy is your wife about the fact that you refuse to do any lovemaking when you're sweaty? I didn't say anything about lovemaking. I'm talking about other things. a little bit like that. (sighs) I just don't like a heavily perspired nether region, okay? No, thank you. This is my new favorite thing where I'm just going to let you sit in your filth. So we cut to the courthouse and Mr. Court, (laughs) no pun intended, his attorney is negotiating his sentence with uh, somebody of some importance. And they come to a solution of a $125,000 fine, nine months in jail, and he has to turn the home over to the state. I have a question. Two questions, actually. I probably have zero answers. (laughs) (laughs) So should I bother asking them? Yes. Okay. Question one. Five. Are you timing me? No, that's the answer. Okay. (laughs) Does he also have to give back the money that he stole? I would assume. Because if not, he has his fine right there. He said it was about 120,000. He basically has to come up with five grand. Yeah, I'd assume that, like, you don't get caught, like, stealing jewelry and then they say that your sentence is that exact amount of jewelry. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, question two. Mm -hmm. What were they eating? It looked like McDonald's and I kind of want some. Mm, I'd go for some McDonald's. So Lloyd and Diane, we cut to them waking up in a children's bed (laughs) was the smallest bed I've ever seen. It was smaller than a twin. It looked like it should have been in a crib or maybe in a race car. Then we cut to the jail where Mr. Court is in his beautiful orange regalia. And we see Lloyd sitting at a picnic table with him outside in the yard. What kind of jail is this? Is this Guantanamo Bay? Like, why are they in the middle of the desert? Maybe that's just like jails in... No, it can't be jails in Seattle. That would make no sense. 
Right. It's like the rainiest place in the country. Yet yeah. They're literally in the middle of an arid dirt pit. Yep. I don't know. I have no answer for that one. But 80s. Lloyd is there to... He initially brought Diane to try and get her to talk to her dad. Now, Lloyd has this weird kind of hating Mr. Court, but also feeling like Diane needs to have a relationship with him. So he's caught in this weird kind of cross pattern where he's trying to smooth things over. But Mr. Court is also a giant D-bag. So it's an interesting dynamic. They, They chat for a little bit. We find out that Lloyd is going to be going with Diane to England. It's the first we've heard about it, but that's what's apparently happening. Diane wrote her father a letter, basically just saying, you're a jerk. How could you do this? But then she arrives. She got out of the car. She built up the courage and her dad and her kind of sort of make up. And that is the end of that storyline. We cut to Lloyd packing up back at his house packs all of his things and and leaves the house pretty quickly to apparently go to England where we see Lloyd and Diane on a plane a Boeing 747 Diane's pretty anxious about the flight just need to wait for the no smoking sign cuz that means that when that turns off it means that the first 5 minutes are over and the statistical probability of anything going wrong after that diminishes considerably end of movie I low-key love the ending. I don't know if you did. I low-key hated the ending. Okay. I guess we can discuss. Mm -hmm. So I like when film, TV, whatever, makes you anticipate something ending like that. Like they were waiting for the ding. And when it's something minor like that, because it pulls you away from expecting some climactic ending. Because you're you're focused on something else rather than like oh how are they going to end this movie like you're just now you're like okay when is this ding going to happen and it it kind of reminded me in a way of the ending of the sopranos which i guess is a divisive but i i was a fan i don't know i just like i like that trick so you like the fact that they didn't want to end the movie in a nice neat way tying up the storylines and really making the viewer feel complete with the full story and you would rather them just distract you with some stupid thing like the beep of a light so that they don't actually have to end the movie for real yeah because i've i feel like it's almost impossible to tie things up completely succinctly and with pleasing everybody so i'd rather there be some loose ends but just get just be distracted instead of expecting that yeah i do i I like that Tell that to Puss in Boots. (laughs) But that was Say Anything. I thought this movie was going to be about Lloyd and Diane, but it turns out it was about senior housing fraud. Mm -hmm. What did we get ourselves into? Yeah, I was pretty, pretty surprised the first time. You know, the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of this movie feel like completely different movies. The first 15 minutes is like, oh, this girl is is graduating high school and going off to college and this guy wants to start a relationship with her. Oh, so cute. They're both just in in loving families and, and this is this is great. And then at the end it's like, oh, dad's in jail. Whoa. How did that come to happen? That's my question. How did he go to jail? Well, first off, we know he he yes, gets that's yeah. that's one question I have is that it didn't appear like he was going to go to jail and she found the money and then he went to jail. 
did she rat him out? It's it, that's a great question, and I uh, here's the thing: I don't think we would have learned anything different by watching the middle. I don't think so either. I think they left this purposefully out of the movie, but I want answers. Although it could be like he was already, I think he was already in court or already arrested for it. Because why else would she be rummaging around? Like I think, I think he was getting in trouble for it, but he wouldn't admit it. He was saying, "No, I'm not guilty at all." And Diane, like, I didn't do this. And yeah. she was suspicious and then found the money. It only just kind of solidified her feelings on it, but he was going to get in trouble regardless. I would typically agree with that, but he just seemed to be kind of in high spirits when she arrived at the old folks home to confront him about it, which I would not assume of someone who is a, is expecting to go to jail shortly. That's but true. That could be the case. How was he stealing money from these old people? My guess is it's probably something similar to what happened. I don't know if you've seen it, but the show Better Call Saul, um, the Breaking Bad prequel. Mm -mm. Uh, Well, anyway, in that, in the first season, I believe there was senior housing fraud, Sandpiper Crossing. Basically, the old folks home was charging like exorbitant of prices for things they were upcharging like hey you know you it was 30 bucks for this box of q-tips so they would just get a bunch of money for stuff that they really weren't actually providing gotcha that seems boring to me it does but it's probably (laughs) probably what it was what if he was like offering them because you know at old folks home a lot of times if there are nurses on staff they're assisting them with like drugs and things like that what if he was replacing name brand drugs with generic drugs but charging them the name brand prices how is that not exactly what i just said it's not even close to the same thing it's exactly the same thing they're upcharging something that they're giving them less for no it's just drugs instead of q-tips you said q-tips drugs are far more enticing okay mm-hmm. but i mean aside from just charging them extra for things. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see how else what he could be getting all that money. What if he was money. happy gilmore them and basically running sweatshops to have them produce products that he could then sell? That's possible. Like that guy with the letter, he was probably like the... He was the mailman of the home. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so the other main storyline of this is... We missed the whole section of how Diane and Lloyd come to be in a relationship, right? In the beginning, they barely even know each other exists, or at least Diane doesn't know Lloyd exists, but Lloyd is aware of Diane, obviously. And in the end, they're in love. Where in there, like, what happened other than the boombox scene? Yeah, so that's one thing, obviously. The most famous scene of this movie and... (laughs) You know, one of the most famous scenes out of an 80s movie ever is is the boombox scene where he mm-hmm. stands with the boombox outside the window. I was hoping to see that. But yes, we don't see them fall in love. But also, it seems like they're also in a fight or not in love, too. So they got to be in love and then also got out of love all in the middle. Do you think it had something to do with her father being arrested and all of that? And they got into a little tussle over something? But why would he care? Why would Lloyd care? I don't know. He cares about a lot of shit he shouldn't care about. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it, it could be that. I just, I'm failing to see why. And why would that be an issue for her? Like, why would, because it seems like she is the one who 
pulled away and then had to come back. No, I do need you. I feel like she was the one who was like, no, Lloyd, I'm a brain. What if she told him that she didn't want him to come to England with her? But why? Because she needs to find herself. She can't do that with Lloyd there with her. Her dad has been raising her to be this exactly what he wanted through her whole life. And then finally she gets an opportunity to go out and find herself in England, not apparently as part of the Reed Fellowship. And then John Cusack is like, hey, can I come? Can I come be with you and find you too, please? Why would you choose England as a place to find yourself? Yeah, that I guess that could be the case. So when he goes to her house in the middle somewhere and, and does the whole boombox thing, mm-hmm. is that earlier in the middle part where he actually gets her to fo- gets her to, to to date in the first place or is that after they've been dating and after the fight to try to woo her back oh that's a great question because i mean john cusack in a trench coat can do a lot of things i think he could accomplish anything he puts his mind to in that trench coat I'd say it was after they had a little fight that she decided, I don't want you to come with England with me. And he's like, but no, listen to my music. But I thought the whole point of that scene is that like wins are over. So well, if it, why did you ask the question, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just. Oh, man. Yeah. Classic. You no, I, I, I mean, either way, he's trying to win her over. It's just. Is it is it he's trying to win her over initially or is he trying to win her over after she's decided that she doesn't want to be with him at that time? Either way, he's trying to win her over. It's just where along the line in their relationship it's happening. I don't know what song he like. I know this scene just because I've seen that image a thousand times in my life somehow. I don't know how. I just scroll through eight famous 80s movie scenes. I don't actually watch them. I just like to see the images. But I don't know what song he is playing in the boombox. But apparently you do. I do know the song. Do you what want me to tell the you the song? song? Yes. It's In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. There are many better songs that could be playing in that boombox. I think Does, that this movie would have went a whole different direction if he had been playing the right song. Does it have to be an 80s song? It has to be a song that existed before this movie started existing. Okay. You can't see the future with John Cusack. Okay, so no Let the Bodies Hit the Floor by Drowning Pool. Okay. Nope. Gotcha. Yes. No, I, I do. That. <laughs> I I have a couple songs that it could be. Okay, what do you got? Wake Me Up Before You Go, Go by Wham. Ooh, nice. See, the one that I think would make this movie and should have been what it was, is Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. That's on my list, baby. Ooh. Because it's Never perfect. Never Gonna Give You Up. Like, it's perfect. Like, that's literally the perfect song. It's the perfect song. I'm sure that someone's probably made, like, a supercut or, like, a meme doing that, putting that in there. Because, I mean, it's that's the thing to do with Never Gonna Give You yeah. Up anyway. But to do it to that scene, yeah. Maybe he's just, at this point, being a creepy stalker and is playing Every Breath You Take by the police. I could see that. How about Safety Dance by Men Without Hats? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like that Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) And he's actually dancing in the scene. 
Yeah, we don't see it because they can't show the whole scene every time that comes up. But yeah, he does some hip thrusts as soon as he's he's done. Yeah, I like it a lot. In that music video, they do some real weird dancing, and mm-hmm. it's it. I can just imagine them in the background doing those dances, and that would make me very happy. What about Debut by Experience Unlimited? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it I I got into a hole of one hip eighties wonders. And Debut by EU Experience Unlimited was on there, and I listened to it, and I'm confident that this song is the song that created twerking. Mm. The whole I'm gonna song have to check it out. just about shaking your butt. You should do it right now. I'm not really going to check it out right now. Strokin' by Clarence Carter. See, that, that song. Is, oh, you got to check out Strokin'. By Clarence I, Carter. I will check out Strokin. I'll be Strokin. As- it's really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. As long as you check out Respect Yourself by Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay. I know that. And I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. Is it because you love it? You don't like it because you love it? I am not a fan of most things in the 80s. Oh man. Anyway, I'll check out the butt if you check out stroking. Yeah, I think I'll I'll do some stroking and you do butt stuff. <sighs> sounds perfect. Yeah, it sounds like a typical after recording evening. <laughs> that it does. So something that we did this episode that's a little bit different is instead of asking for questions directly about this movie, we decided to just ask our listeners to say anything. Give us anything and we'll say it. We got a few responses on Facebook. So what we received, uh, first from Cindy, the office may not have been as good after Michael left, but at least we got Gabe. I agree, but I didn't always agree. The first two times that I watched The Office through, I absolutely hated Gabe. He was my least favorite character. Didn't like him. Didn't get it. Didn't understand. Then I saw that actor in Silicon Valley as Jared Love him in that. The next time I went back and watched The Office, I was ashamed for not liking him. And now I understand the humor. And Gabe is great. Okay. Still doesn't top Michael. No. But Cindy, you're welcome. We have Rob, who said, and I did some research about this. Um, It is from what looks like to be a meme of the Barney song. I love you. You love me. Let's overthrow the bourgeoisie. Two things. Mm-hmm. One, never sing again. Two. Excuse me. I was. Did Barney you just pronounce it bourgeoisie? Yeah. Bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. You are a filthy scoundrel. That's how you pronounce it. It's bourgeoisie. Bouge. Bouge. You know how hip hop people say bougie? It's from bourgeoisie. I don't think so. It's not bourgeoisie. Like, what are you, fucking German? No, come yes. on. You actually might be German. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really wish I was, though, because I could have just fucking schooled you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of Barney. Yeah. Have you ever seen <laughs> classic segue? <laughs> classic center cut segue. Have you ever seen Hip Hop Harry? No. Check out Hip Hop Harry. He was like a thing that they created. In, I think it was like the early 2000s. He's like a hip, supposed to be a hip version of Barney. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Check it out. Okay. I absolutely will. Hip Hop Harry. Yeah, I'll stroke it to Hip Hop Harry. <laughs> Next, we have Camilla, 
who asked us, please share some rap videos. I appreciate but- that. I'm not going to let you just skip right over that if that's what you were planning on doing. No, no, no. I have some rap videos to share. No, 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 no. No, I do. Uh, uh, give me some more by Buster Rhymes. Ah, that's a great. That's a great rap video. Uh, with where the fisheye lens and he's wearing the muscle suit. Back that ass up by Juvenile. I mean, it's just twerking bitches. That's a great, great, great rap video. They learned um, that from Debut. They did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and my friend Phil, who rapped together last episode, we decided one time we wanted to record our, a video for one of our rap songs. We forced my brother to hold a video camera, and we went behind the local grocery store market basket on like a the back of a warehouse, basically. And we just danced around, and he recorded us. And then two weeks later, my apartment got broken into, and someone stole the video camera. So someone stole a video camera that just has two white men dancing behind a warehouse. And I hope they're happy. That was a targeted, targeted theft. (laughs) <laughs> was that the only thing they were after? Is that the only thing that was stolen? I bet it was. No, they stole a lot of things, including my pillowcase. To put that camera in to keep it safe. Because yes. the thing they were after, was your pillowcase cool? Was no. Like Power Rangers pillowcase or something? Sweet? It was striped. Oh, so they just needed it to carry shit. Yep. Oh, you brought down the mood. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can recover. Here's the way I read Camilla's wonderful, wonderful question or comment it's not a question here's the way i read camilla's wonderful wonderful comment is that she wants us to make rap videos okay i guess we have some more rapping to do i think we have a lot more rapping to do and if people want it we have to give the people what they want and i think the first thing we're going to have to do is release a training montage video of you teaching me how to rap Ooh. okay then we can actually make raps. Also, we have one from my wife, Emily, who said, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what she said. So that's what I'm saying. I like it. What was our question on Twitter? It is from the great K. Her question is, what is your favorite and least favorite 80s memories from your own past? You can go first. Okay. I, I will start. First and foremost, I was born at the middle in June of 1989. So I did not experience a whole lot of the 80s. My favorite and least favorite experience from the 80s is Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. All right. That's an easy end. You got you knocked them all, knocked them both out in one. Both out of one. Yeah. Rick Astley has that effect on people. So I had a little bit more time in the 80s. I was born in 86. My favorite part of the 80s was the Berlin Wall being torn down. Yeah, I'm my sure least affected, <laughs> affected your life in a really serious way. My my least favorite part of the 80s was you the being Berlin born. The Berlin Wall getting torn down? No. No, I to, honestly, I don't really like the 80s. I'm more of a 90s guy. Like, give me some Oshkosh Bagosh and some LA Light sneakers and uh, let me play with my Light Bright and my Creepy Crawlers. And I'm straight, my dude. There was just so much in that sentence. Yeah. So I, much good things. I enjoy the way you ended it with, I'm straight, my dude. No, I'm just, I don't I don't like the 80s. One time I got invited to an 80s party, like you had to dress like the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I just, mm-hmm. I bought a cane and some, some old man clothes and I dressed like I was in my 80s because fuck wearing like neon and shit. Not dude, into it. You are such an asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were that douche, huh? <laughs> 
God. I, I am that douche. Uh, that that sums up you so well. <laughs> that one single thing sums up everything I know about you in one one single act. <laughs> That's the Michaelist act I have ever heard. Thank you. I'm 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 pretty proud of it. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm yeah. gonna invite you to a twenties party, douche. <laughs> All right, I'll fucking slick back my hair and put on some proactive. I don't know what do people in their twenties do. <laughs> they definitely slick back their hair, and put on proactive. You got it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Got it in one. <laughs> oh man, I actually might go back and watch this whole movie. I this might be one of the so far the only one that I've actually gone back uh, out of our episodes is the Irishman. But I'm I may watch say anything and Human Centipede. No, I haven't done that one yet. I plan on it. It's it's in the it's in the bank. I don't saving know what that, that means, but saving yeah. that one for a special day. Yeah, saving that for a special occasion. Yes, but yeah. yeah, I don't. So Cameron Crowe went on to be a famous director. He did so. Yeah, and it has a ninety-eight or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes. It that's outrageous. I think, yeah, I think I'm gonna watch it. I think I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for all of your comments and your question, Kay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends about the show. I'm pre-thanking you because you should do that. And if you haven't, I thanked you. So now you have to. Yeah. It's like one of those things I read in a book once in college. Like Mm -hmm. if you're a salesman, you should give people a Coca-Cola because then they're more willing to do things for you. So consider this us handing you a Coca-Cola. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So you can find us wherever podcasts are sold. But you can also check out our Facebook page, check out our Gmail, the Center Cut Cast at Gmail. Uh, Facebook page is at the Center Cut Cast. Our Twitter, the Center Cut. What else we got? Do we really want people checking out our Gmail, though? Our Instagram, the underscore center underscore cut, or our YouTube channel, the yeah. Center Cut. This is the first time we've talked about our YouTube channel, the Center Cut. We take all of our episodes with maybe a little bit of time to get them uploaded, um, but we've been uploading our episodes to YouTube for those listeners who don't have the ability to use a podcast catcher or such. I don't know why they don't have the ability to use podcasty things, but they don't. So there it is on YouTube. So if you have a friend who doesn't like podcasts and likes YouTube, there it is. Cha. Cha. What are we doing next episode? We are doing The Leprechaun 4 in space. So this is going to be a fun one because we are celebrating St. Patrick's Day with The Leprechaun and also going to do it by celebrating with alcohol. I thought we were just going to be eating corn corn beef. I didn't know that we were going to be drinking beer. Oh, no. Beer is for losers. I drink the hard stuff. Oh, okay. What are we drinking? I don't know. Maybe gin. See, I, when I drink, I drink like girly drinks. Every Tuesday, I go to trivia at a bar and I get what's called a sexy mermaid. So that's the kind of drinks that I drink. I can just imagine you walking around with like a martini glass with a some kind of pink drink in it with a peach on the edge of the glass, dressed up as an old man with everyone walking around in 80s regalia, and you're just the worst. 
that's the third time we've used the word regalia in this podcast episode. <laughs> I, think it's very, time, I think it's time to end. It was a very regalia heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> like the give between the never gonna and you up. It's always better in the center. <laughs>